either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry. You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, in case you haven't noticed, the calendar has turned to spooky season. That's right. Woo-hoo. It's October. It's spooky season time, scary movie time. And we definitely have some to uh, check into this week, both in the theaters and for streaming. Glad you're here for the Screening Room Podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we're from MadWolf.com. And let's start with one of those creepy ones. This one follows an agent who works for a secretive organization that uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies, ultimately driving them to commit assassinations for high-paying clients. It's called Possessor. Our next contract's a big one. The target is the CEO of the largest operation in the U.S. He'll be binding to Colin Tate. We can't afford any mistakes on this one. Finish this. What are you doing? I can't pull the trigger. I need to know. I need to know what she's done to me. It's become a danger. Where is she? Sometimes, that small thought is all it takes to lose control. Actually, I probably should have said Possessor Uncut because it seems like that's how it's being billed in most places, which means it's the uncut version, I guess, the director's cut, and from what I'm seeing, not Unrated. rated. That's right. Because it's... it gets nasty. It does. This is the latest film from Brandon Cronenberg, who is the beloved David Cronenberg's son. Uh, and he's a chip off the old block, He really isn't he? is. He really is. So, of course, David Cronenberg went on to be an Oscar contender with films like A History of Violence and Eastern Promises, but he made his bread and butter for many, many years, making some of the most iconic corporeal horror, yeah. body horror yeah. films ever made. And his son is definitely following in, in his footsteps. I mean, I love that he could just be so <laughs> brazen about his influences. And this movie is, it's, I love sci-fi films that, they don't really put you that far into the future. You know, like, there's no, no specific date given. This it's just one a looks few pretty years, familiar, though. Just it, a few years into the future. It, it looks very present day. It really does. And it, when you talk about body horror, you know, what's, I guess, at the at the base of it, what's more horrific than having someone else control your body? Yeah. That's the, the basis here. But don't get the wrong idea. There's plenty of things done to bodies really close up <laughs> that haven't qualified for uh, for the horror genre. Although, it's also very sci-fi. Oh, oh, it definitely is a sci-fi. It's a sci-fi thriller that really kind of lulls you. It's got this, this really great, you know, just tech vibe about it. But when the film gets violent, you're not going to miss it. I mean, it's, it is shockingly sort of percussively violent when yeah. it finally does it. And it stars Andrea Riceborough as the assassin, and she's great. And you, you probably don't, even if she's not that well-known from her name, her I think her face is, yeah. because she's been in so many things. She's she always has. good. And, she, and she's perfect in this. So, so low-key, so underplayed. And so is Jennifer Jason Lee, who plays her boss in this shadowy company that accepts contracts for hits, yeah. for kills, and then they use this helmet thing, this technology, and brain implants to inhabit and, and make unsuspecting people their accomplices to carry out these hits. And Christopher Abbott, who is somebody else that you might recognize once you see his face, I've really been a big fan of his and everything I've seen him in. 
um, including It Comes at Night. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's very good. And, and I think he was great in this movie, too. Another very underplayed performance, yes. which is, you know, because the film itself is so sort of garish. It's so big that that I think that to keep you in the, you know, sort of in the the middle of everything, it's great that the, that the performances are so low key. And I do think Andrea Riceborough is actually just amazing in this movie. And, and what happens is at a certain point, her avatar, the Christopher Abbott character, yeah. starts to kind of pull away. And, and then they're both trapped in there sort of knowingly for a while. And it's very weird. And it's really um, fun is the wrong word. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's very exciting. Not only does he, the avatar, start to pull away. There's questions about how deeply she, the assassin, is committed. Right. And does she have weaknesses in her quote unquote performance? Yeah. And what's cool is it goes somewhere at the end that you don't think it's going. It's overall message, it's overall theme turns on a dime. And I'm not going to lie to you, it's a gut punch. Yes, it is. It is a gut punch of an ending. So be prepared. There's a reason this thing is uncut. It's it's nasty as far as what it shows body horror wise, but also it gives you quite yeah, gut punch is about yeah. the best way to describe it. It's at so the end. smart, though. Yeah. I mean, it it's is such so smart. a smart movie. Yeah, it is so smart. And this establishes, if you didn't see Antiviral, which was, was that Brandon's first film? It was his first feature, and it was about, it was probably six or seven years yeah. ago, but I loved that one as well. And yeah. that was very Cronenberg also. Yeah, I did too. So if, even if you didn't see that, this one really establishes Brandon Cronenberg as somebody you definitely want to uh, to watch. And I'm certainly, and we are certainly going to be interested in everything he does. But Possessor Uncut, it is out in a lot of theaters across the country. Theaters and drive-ins. And, dri- and drive-ins, mm-hmm. definitely. So that could be a good spooky and, and really creepy uh, double feature for your Halloween season. But we, we thought it was really, really effective, especially for that little twist at the end. Some great performances and a great overall look. Yeah. It seems very, it almost, if you had the sound off, you might seem like, oh, you know what, this is a, an EDM music video or something <laughs> like that. I think you mentioned this morning on TV, you called it percussive. Yes. And that's that's very, that's really a, a good description of it. That's what it feels like. And overall, just a great second effort for Brandon Cronenberg, Possessor Uncut. Next up is the story of feminist icon Gloria Steinem's itinerant childhood's influence on her life as a writer, an activist, and an organizer for women's rights worldwide, the Glorias. Those women in bunny outfits are going to thank you one day. I have a fear of public speaking. What Dorothy and I have to say is too important not to say it. This is the year of women's liberation. Speaking your mind will get you in deep trouble. The truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. And we'll rise up. I like the, way the road is messy, and the way the real life is messy. It leads us out of denial and into reality. It leads us out of our heads and into our hearts. This is the latest from Julie Tamor, writer-director Julie Tamor, who did Across the Universe. That was mm-hmm. the last film that she did, The Beatles. That's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. She also did Frida, which I thought was great. Titus was her first film, which I also really Speaking enjoyed. Speaking of violent. But she's mainly known for uh, Broadway, for staging big Broadway shows, including uh, she was the sort of vision behind The Lion King on stage. Right. So she's, you know, she's an interesting thinker, a visionary mm-hmm. sort of uh, director. And what she does with this, which is very interesting is 
for one thing, she casts four different actresses to play Gloria Steinem. Now, that isn't that uncommon because you have her as a child. and then. But what they do that's weird here is they put all four of these actresses on the same bus periodically yeah. so that they can talk to each other mm-hmm. about where they are and what's going on and, you know, what, what will happen in the future. And it's a very, I think, interesting way of allowing Steinem herself to look back and sort of comfort the younger Steinem and let her know eventually this is going to work out and things like that. And also sort of, I think, challenge where she is and where maybe she wishes she could have stopped that bus. Yeah, it's one of those, almost one of those letter to me types of situations. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And, uh, yeah, Julie Taymor adapts. This is based on Gloria Steinem's book. Yep. Who is 86 years young, yep. by the way. Toledo native. Yeah. And it reminded me a little bit in approach of Rocket Man, because when we've seen so many of these movie biographies, and we've seen so many of them, so many of them follow the same playbook. Yep. And it's nice to see somebody, or, or a film like Rocket Man, like this one, just break it down and say, no, we don't have to follow that. Right. This life is iconic for a reason. Let's get inside that, find out why, and find out a best way to tell that story and make it stand out. And I think that's what you know, sets it apart as well as the great performances. Yeah. Now, so Alicia Vikander plays this sort of 19 or 20 to 30 something Steinem. And she's, I mean, she's a very good performer. She's an Oscar winner. And of course, I think that she was so magnificent in Ex Machina. She struggles with the accent, Mm -hmm. you know, the flat Ohio accent is, is difficult for her. And it, and it makes the performance a little stale you you can tell that she's having a hard time both managing the accent and just acting that's a little bit of a drawback it's also there are some for me there were some of the sort of um fantastical moments where you know there is kind of a a dream sequence that didn't work entirely and the film is over two hours long which you know she's 86 years old i'm not saying she doesn't deserve a a two-hour and 15 minute movie but there were times especially in some of these dream sequences that i thought i'm not sure this is necessary yeah and we have to mention all all up and down the line there's some great performers playing some very legendary characters like flo kennedy and wilma mankiller and even um you really love Timothy Hutton as uh, Gloria Steinem's father. He was so good. He but was so good. As if you're gonna just pick somebody and say who should play Bella Abzug, Bette Midler. Oh, she's so Perfect. great. Perfect. Yeah, absolute larceny. She steals. She just steals scenes left and right. She's so great because she can deliver a line, man. And <laughs> oh, she's so much fun. And she really adds a lot of, I think, necessary fun to the film. I think it needs a little bit of the Bryce Pastel. The 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 greatest performance unsurprisingly, is Julianne Moore, right. who really becomes, I mean, you forget. Oh, she looks just she like does, her. She does, and she yeah. sounds just like her. And I mean, yeah, the she... classic look, when you think of Gloria Steinem, that classic look yeah. is the one that, that she adopts yes. for this movie, and it's it, it's a dead ringer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And of course, I mean, she's she really is one of the most talented people who are working in film today. She does a magnificent job. And then uh, Janelle Monet plays Dorothy Pittman-Hughes, so there's a lot of star power up and yes. down this cast. For me, though, the, the film was... was pretty bittersweet because, you know, it comes to a head where they're all about to, they think, achieve something. And and they're so passionate and they're so strong and, and they're so admirable. And you just look at that and realize everything that they did not achieve. And then today, everything that we are likely about to lose. And it makes the film, it made me cry. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the glorious and it is available now on VOD. Another one of our favorite performers is back in this next one. After Jane falls into a state of despair over her schizophrenia, she encounters new sources of love and life with surprising results. Sally Hawkins starring in Eternal Beauty. 
feeling? Fine. Good. You? Funny. We're putting you on a different dose of medication. Jane, you don't remember me? No, I don't know you. You're the most beautiful thing I've seen today. Shut up. Would you like to spend more time with me? Can I think about it? Thanks, thanks. Good readers. <laughs> what if there's no such thing as happiness? Only moments have not been depressed. I think I love you. I definitely love you. Well, she's somebody else. I will see Sally Hawkins in anything. Uh, exactly. She is fantastic. She's always got a way. She's so expressive. She Her is. face is so expressive. And then she, you, she can do it without much dialogue or any dialogue at all. Remember The oh, Shape absolutely. of Water. She's Oscar got her, nominated. Yeah. Which got her an Oscar nomination. I, I thought, you know what? I thought she won. As of this morning, I thought she won. <laughs> she didn't. But she <laughs> she's going to one of these days because she's fantastic. And this is writer-director Craig Roberts, who actually... He's done he, so far. Most of his credits have been as an actor, and he actually played Sally Hawkins's son in Submarine okay. years ago. And now he's back, and I I couldn't confirm it, but you could see how he wrote this character specifically for her. Oh, I could I see, could that. see that, and because getting back together with her is a smart move on his part. But and it was apparently inspired by a family member of his who suffers from some mental illness and wanted to look at it from not. You know, no stigmas and not a clinical way of, oh, let's 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 look, but just a, a way that incorporates the entire family. Right. And that's what he does here. But it's it's of course led by Sally Hawkins' great performance as her character is functioning, living independently with paranoid schizophrenia, but she's in a fog of medication a lot of the time. But she's still she's very sharp. She's always noticing, she's always dissecting and reacting. She doesn't get a lot of encouragement or even affection from her family, especially her mother, which is played by the great Penelope Wilton. So good. Always, I like to see her in anything. Yes. And and she's so passive-aggressive in this, and she's great. But it, it follows this character in such a tender, touching way, especially when she strikes up a romance with an aspiring musician who also has some mental illness uh, issues, and he's played by David Thewlis, who is always also very always good. good yeah. And they have such a... When they get together, it, it's awkward and, and so full of free-spiritedness. It's almost like a first love type of thing yeah. between these two. And so the joy and heartbreak that this character finds feels very real. And there's also some great dark humor that's really <laughs> handled so subtly. I mean, there's a scene when when Jane, Sally Hawkins' character, has come up with this great plan. To her, it makes total sense. It's a great plan to improve the gifts that she gets for Christmas from her family members. <laughs> And it does make total sense, and it's great, and it's underplayed so much. I was laughing so hard, and that's even though they are, there are tonal shifts in this movie like that, in sort of humor that you don't expect for this subject. It's played so subtly that it doesn't feel like a whiplash. Right. And uh, and by the end, it's just, yeah, it's a very tender, graceful movie that has another great performance from Sally Hawkins. So uh, yeah, if you're like us and you'd want to see anything that she does, that's a smart move. And this one is worth seeing, and it's out now on the streaming on VOD called Eternal Beauty. Let's do a thriller before we deep dive into horror. In the beginning of World War II, with Britain becoming desperate, Churchill orders his new spy agency, SOE, to recruit and train women as spies. It's called A Call to Spy. We're desperate for information about France. Churchill has asked us to create a secret army of spies. This is a rudimentary operation. Women will be more inconspicuous. Who is she? 
I'm going to ask one more time. The Germans will stop at nothing till they find you. I'm not giving up. We're not giving up. Up, up! You know, we are here only for a short time. But what we do while we're here? Changes the course of the future. Brandon Thomas reviewed this one for us, and you can find his written review at madwolf.com. And he thought it was really great. As he pointed out, it can be tough to tell a spy thriller in any kind of a fresh way. But the fact that, number one, this is a true story, and number two, it's from the point of view of three women, and, you know, not just sort of run-of-the-mill women. You, you think to yourself, I'm surprised that these three individuals were interested in becoming spies. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those, you know, uh, not exactly to the degree of, like, hidden figures, where you just you watch hidden figures and think, I feel offended I wasn't taught this in school. So this isn't exactly the same, but it is still one of those slices of life where you're just glad you finally are aware of the impact that that these particular women had on something as important as World War II. Yeah, and it's got that feel about these are everyday people that didn't set out, never expected to be in this situation and can become heroes. Yeah. And that is part of what makes this movie so compelling. And yeah, Brandon really liked it. Again, you can find his written review at madwolf.com for A Call to Spy. All right, so it's all horror and horror comedy from here on out. We'll start with a vacationing couple discovering the mystery behind a strange video that shows one of them killing the other. Death of me. I was dead. How am I standing here? You hallucination. You were never meant to see what happened. Seth Troyer reviewed this one for us at MadWolf.com. And it's interesting because it is such a mishmash of ideas that you're familiar with. Even just right there, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, hangover for a horror film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those deals where the the hook is the fact that everybody knows what's up except these characters. Right. And, of course, us. Right. So we're trying to follow along with them as they, like in The Hangover, deconstruct what they don't remember and try to get an answer here. Yeah, and this is, so it's Maggie Q is the woman and Luke Hemsworth. There's a third Hemsworth, George. (laughs) Hemsworth, the lesser lesser. They sprout like pods. (laughs) (laughs) And they're a married couple and they're vacationing on an island. And so this gets very, it gets familiar pretty quickly. It gets very Wicker Man is what it does. Mm -hmm. So, which of course, you know, with uh, as successful as Midsummer was, which is... A new riff on the Wicker Man. I mean, I think it was probably bound to happen. There's a lot that's familiar here and a lot that's a little bit tired. But the violence, I mean, if you're looking for some uh, some inspired violence and gore, and this is the month for it, it does have that. It really does. And, and the, you know, the production values are very solid. The performances are fine. There's not a lot that's new here. And it is, unfortunately... Yet another savage culture that is frightening to Americans. I mean, it, it, which is if you go to Green Inferno or I mean, it's just um, it's a trope that I think that we can discard by this point. 
So that's really a knock against the film. And also it's it's like of originality is another knock against the film. <laughs> but if you're looking for a horror movie that packs a bit of a, a gory punch, this one's got it. Yeah, and it's out in theaters. It's got limited it's release in theaters. In theaters and, and streaming. Both. All right, Death of Me. Are you ready for bodies piling up when a drug user nurse and her cousin try to find a replacement kidney for an organ trafficker? This is 12-hour shift. I can still get you a kidney. You get all the organs inside. How dead are you? Perfect. Did you pour bleach down that man's throat? Yeah. What? the hell did you do? Cops are coming here. I'm gonna tell them who did this. You killed an innocent man for no reason. I'm not leaving till you give me a kidney. Why would you bring this cousin of yours into this if you knew she would kill people? I sometimes have too much faith in humanity. That is what I like about you. Writer-director Bria Grant has basically taken sort of, um, you know, one of those ER-type TV shows and made it a comedy, certainly, and um, kind of a nasty one. (laughs) Yeah, before, I think what they said, the one uh, other worker says in the trailer, that before the shift is over, I'm going to get you a kidney or something like that. Reminded me of getting you a big toe with polish from... (laughs) The big Lebowski. But this is Angela Bettis, who, speaking of people, we've that's kind of the theme this week, right. is people that we always like to see. Yes. Angela Bettis is so great. She's so great in everything, you know, and if you don't know her name, you should look up May, for one thing, uh, the woman she's in, the woman. She's just always really, really good in everything. She's, she's perfect for this because just one look at her, and she looks like the person who is beginning this shift and has already wants it to be over. Yep. It's a 12-hour shift. She's yep. overworked. She's underpaid. She's tired. And there's blood everywhere. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I think one of the things that this film gets the best, you know, really nails, is the particular sort of weariness and insanity that only hospital workers know. Mm-hmm. And so she comes in for her shift, and what you learn as you sort of follow her on her rounds is that, first of all, she is pocketing a lot of morphine. <laughs> and um, second of all, she is part of a multi-shift sort of uh, chain of events that harvests organs for these low-rent Texas gangsters. And that's it's a pretty gruesome premise for a film that is an outright, not just a comedy, but a zany comedy. Yeah, because it just, it has these... One crisis piles up after another. Yep. You've got this great big puzzle of all this crazy shit happening, and and it gets pretty pretty nasty. Well, what I think is kind of interesting is that you don't dislike any of the characters yeah. that they're going to steal organs from, <laughs> which is uncommon, really. I mean, you, you think yeah. at least you're supposed to not sympathize with somebody, but you really don't. But the reason that this all falls to hell is the number of people in this sort of, you know, this chain who are just dumbasses, which is really funny. And there's a uh, the the lead dumbass is named Regina, and she is Angela Bettis' character's cousin, uh, <laughs> Chloe Farnsworth. And she's hysterical and just dumb as a bag of rocks. And it's also worth noting that it's most of the, really when you look at the cast, most of the cast is female. Yeah. Save for one pretty famous face. Yes, uh, producer David Arquette, who, you know what, if you watch the whole thing through, you realize that character 
completely non-essential. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't really amount to much of anything. But he does a great job just being David Arquette. Yeah. Basically, it's a lot of fun. It yeah. is not a great movie, but it is a lot of fun. And Angela Bettis is spectacular. Exactly, and perfect to uh, scare up a good, scary, gory comedy this time of year. And it's on VOD. Uh, and it's one of the cheaper rentals, too. It's only about three ninety nine, I think, so definitely worth it. Can hit up 12-hour shift. Let's do another sci-fi-slash-horror comedy. And this is a young Brooklyn couple heading to an upstate cabin to unplug their phones, reconnect with each other, blissfully unaware of their surroundings. They are left to their own devices as the planet falls under attack. It's save yourselves, exclamation point. I've been restoring my grandfather's cabin upstate. Actually, y'all should go up there. Uh, I mean... That would be great. Yeah. We're not checking our email either, guys, and we're not kidding. Okay. Bye, world. Okay, bye, guys. Thank you. The urge to take out my phone is very strong. Shooting star. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <gasps> Did that one hit the earth? What is that? Has this been here the whole time? The poof? I don't know. Probably. Oh my god. What the f- What is happening? We need to turn our phones back on. It's getting weird here in New York. Serena, hello, are you there? Well, there's some kind of alien. Very dangerous. Aliens? The poof is in the cabin. Poof on the couch. Poof on the roof. What? Poof on the roof. <laughs> This movie is funny. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, I always love any movie that can really hit a particular note. And this one is equal parts droll and silly. And that is a hard note to hit. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of those where it, it depends on the chemistry between these two actors because you have to feel that they are a longtime couple. Yep. And they're exasperated with each other and they know each other's little things that, that annoy them. Right. And of course, when they're going to unplug and go off the grid, those are going to start to come to the surface, especially yeah. when aliens attack. That's the thing, right? Is that, I mean, all of their little ticks and all of their little, it's, it, it is very lived in and authentic, but also the way that they get irritated and then immediately accept and support one another. They're a lovely couple. You really, really are rooting for them. Yeah. And it played by Jack is played by John Reynolds, and then uh, Sue is played by Sunita Mani, who some people have told us we didn't know she's very familiar from a Geico ad right yes, now. I, I was not familiar with that. No, ad. Uh, no. But they are, yeah, they are a lot of fun because there's so much of the the movie when they're there in the cabin, it just falls on them. Yeah, they're just really, really typical Brooklyn hipsters. <laughs> And they've decided to, you know, to take this time away, to unplug. They're quite funny. And uh, and then, of course, what they find out is that the world has basically come to an end while they were gone. And that's the other thing that makes us know this is to say this is a horror movie. This is just a slight hint. Right. It's really a comedy. It's an alien invasion comedy. But it's like uh, the Star Trek Tribbles. That's that's how cute they are. They're fuzzy monsters. they They call them poofs. Poofs. They do call them poofs. And it's a smart, another, it's a really smart film. It knows its context very well, and it's got an attitude that absolutely fits these characters. And, uh, and, and I thought it was... probably going to, especially if you're of a certain age, you're going to recognize people you know in these oh characters. Oh my God, yes you are. <laughs> which might give you an extra, get, get an extra kick out of Save Yourselves, which is also in theaters. It is in theaters and streaming both. All right.
And one more. This is on Shudder, who, as we have said, has been killing it lately. Killing it. During, and this is their month, isn't it? It is. During a power outage, two strangers tell scary stories. The more Fred and Fanny commit to their tales, the more the stories come to life in their Catskills cabin. The horrors of reality manifest when Fred confronts his ultimate fear. It's called Scare Me. Power outage. I'm bored. You seem like a fella who might be interested in some scary stories. And you seem correct. Hit me, Scaremaster. <laughs> no witnesses! Do one of the about dead babies. Like an army of them? You know, they got like little baby hands. They just like, we don't want bottles, we want blood, you know? <laughs> What are you doing with that poker? This part of the story? This is a pretty simple film uh, from writer-director star Josh Rubin, who plays a frustrate Fred. Frustrated Fred. Frustrated Fred. Um, uh, He wants to be a writer. And so he goes to this cabin, and he sits in front of his laptop, and he waits for inspiration to hit. (laughs) And then when he's out jogging, he runs into Franny, and he realizes at some point, Franny is actually a very well-established, very yeah. well-regarded horror writer. And Franny is played by Aya Cash. She does a great job, too. She's so funny. So he's immediately intimidated, but also maybe flirty, but also maybe not sure where he stands. And then she, there's a power outage, and she basically, she just pops over, and she just challenges him. You know, scare me. Yeah. So it's very interesting, because her character, on the one hand, is supporting and very blatantly criticizing his weaknesses as a writer. She wants him to do it right, but she's not just going to sit there and pretend he's doing it right when what he's really doing is ripping off every horror movie he's ever seen. Yeah, and of course, that hits him as a man because he feels very emasculated by this. Yeah, his performance is so good because it really is an entire film about entitlement Mm -hmm. and privilege from the point of view of the character who is entitled and privileged who doesn't recognize that in himself. So he's sympathetic and and also a terrible person. It's um and it's you know and that if that doesn't sound funny, it actually is. It's very funny. And at some point, Chris Red shows up from yeah. Saturday Night Live with some pizza and some cocaine, and things get nutty, and it really does take Which off. Which is interesting because Chris Red is one of those guys. It seems to me, and I know we don't watch every week, but that doesn't he doesn't get a lot of screen time in no. Saturday Night Live. Uh-uh. But he's always he's been in the cast now for a few years, so you figure, okay, he's gotta be talented yeah. to be hanging around. So this gives him a fun part to really add some extra zaniness to this movie. Yeah, he does. He brings a lot of energy and and sort of madcap humor and things take off when he gets there. But he also serves an important point in the film because he is a great counterpoint to the character who is entitled because this guy, he's just happy to be there and he's very supportive of other people and he doesn't think he is anything that he isn't and he's not mad that he's anything that he isn't and it's it's very clever and slyly effective, this movie. Uh, It's called Scare Me, another winner from Shudder. Keep it coming, people. And that takes us to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Back in the lobby for the latest movie news, studio news with Daniel Baldwin, a.k.a. the Schlocketeer. And you promised us some good news this week. you got to pay up. <laughs> all right. Well, on the bad news front, I only have one. 
Um, Sylvester Stallone has some sort of superhero movie that was supposed to come that out. That is this bad December. news. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's that's what it should be called. You know, I can see the poster now. Stallone and then some sort of superhero movie. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's called Samaritan and it's been moved to summer of next year. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond that it's just a long list of movies that everyone can actually see this year. Woo-hoo! If anyone isn't a Disney Plus subscriber and still wants to see Mulan, it will hit regular VOD outlets this coming Tuesday. The long postponement saga of Gerard Butler's Greenland is over. It will hit PVOD this month. I believe it will be available for purchase on the 13th, and then will be available for rent about two weeks later on the 27th. Okay. And then Warner Brothers announced this morning that they are going to premiere Robert Zemeckis' new adaptation of the Roald Dahl classic, The Witches, on HBO Max later yeah. this month on the 22nd. That is interesting. Now, Anne Hathaway has taken the uh, Angelica Houston role, right? Yes. Big shoes to fill, but, Big you know, shoes. She's, she's good, but that's uh, that's one that ha- a lot of people hold in very high esteem. Like My hand the, is up. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have yeah. A, more for me. I think it was I was a little... I missed that a little bit. Yeah. I was a little, little older when it came through. But uh, that's going to be really interesting. And that's coming soon, right? The 22nd? Yep, the 22nd. HBO Max for that one. Okay. And then the next day, Borat 2 will be hitting Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the complete title. There's no way I could remember it off the top of my head, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> and then Sony is debuting their reboot slash sequel of The Craft on the 28th of the month as a premium video on demand release that's another beloved i love that one so much yeah so do i and then if anyone didn't get like me didn't get to see unhinged in theaters because of the pandemic it will be hitting vod and blu-ray on november 17th and hulu is premiering run which is the latest thriller from the director of searching on november 20th oh i was searching i thought searching was all right yeah i did too Netflix is dropping George Clooney's sci-fi thriller, The Midnight Sky, sometime in December. And then I've got two more for you. On December 11th, it'll be the VOD release of Arch Enemy, which is the latest movie from the director of Some Kind of Hate and Daniel is Real. And then on December 18th, Chadwick Boseman's final film, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, will premiere on Netflix. Wow. Yeah, so, well, I guess you did. I guess you uh, made it good on some good news uh, after that Stallone bombshell you hit us with first. <laughs> We're still reeling from the fact that he has a superhero movie coming no, out no, that we'll have to me, see. No, no, excuse me, excuse me. Some sort That's of superhero right. yeah, movie. Some sort of superhero movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can find Daniel at the Schlocketeer. Thanks again. No, thanks for having me. Looking ahead to next week, oh, it's one we've been waiting on, Bill Murray and Rashida Jones, and this is getting a lot of good early buzz. Because it's the new Sofia Coppola. Yeah, On the Rocks. That comes next week. Also, War with Grandpa. That sounds fun. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, just going to hold out a little shred of hope. De Niro can pull this one off. Black Box? Black Box and The Lie, which are the new from Bloomhouse. The Bloomhouse oh. movies. We're excited about those. Yeah, and also very excited about this one because it's called Devil to Pay. And actually, we saw it last year when it was called Reckoning. We saw it when it was a, an award winner at Nightmares Film Festival, a film festival here in Columbus 
Check it out, where we are jurors, and we were just blown away by this movie see last it, year. See it, see it, see it. And it's, it's so good, and it since has changed its title, and that's fine. Yeah. It's now called Devil to Pay, and it finally got some distribution, which it most certainly deserves. Glad to see that coming out, so we'll talk more about that next week. Also, The Curse of Audrey Earnshaw. Doug, that one, and I am also. we're also looking forward to the next new big Shudder one, The Cleansing Hour. Yeah, Shudder. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. All right, until next week, let us know what you thought about anything this week. Uh, if you dug into Possessor, what would you think of that? If you got it, made it all the way through, let us know. Easy to get with us and keep the conversation going on Twitter. You can find us at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. Also on Facebook and Instagram, it's Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website where you can find all of our written reviews and our other horror movie only. Good month for that, huh? Horror movie only podcast called Fright Club. That's all right there at madwolf.com. So until next week, we always appreciate you stopping by the screening room. If you would do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review, we would appreciate it. Thank you so much. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. <laughs>